This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time to go inside the film room. With veteran scout and coach Chris Landry and Scott Seidenberg, it's the Football Film Room Podcast. Hello and welcome inside the Football Film Room alongside veteran scout, coach, and consultant Chris Landry. From LandryFootball.com, I'm Scott Seidenberg. It is Tuesday evening, November 10th, and more COVID cancellations, Chris, Uh, as COVID season of football continues. Yeah, you know, it's... um it's something that we talked about, we feared, and it's just getting to that point for those of you that um, are catching us live and maybe you've been busy working or if you're listening to it the next day, you you probably know it by now. But, uh, you know, earlier this week on Monday, as we're doing this show live on Tuesday, Auburn, Mississippi State was canceled. Well, as we thought, it was headed towards – Alabama LSU being canceled due to the COVID outbreak at LSU. That has definitely been canceled. And it looks like that is not going to be made up because LSU has a makeup game against Florida scheduled for the 12th. Mm-hmm. Um, but we also got news on Tuesday that AM in Tennessee pushed back to the 12th. Um, so we've got now three games. Um there's some, um, you know, the biggest issue in the Mississippi, the Mississippi State Auburn game was the Mississippi State breakouts, but there's now a little bit of a breakout at Auburn. Um, late Tuesday, late Tuesday afternoon, there's some concerns about some things going on at Missouri. Hmm. So does that put the Georgia Missouri game? Uh, not yet, not out, not forecasting it, but in essence, there's a lot of issues going on and. You know, you wonder, and I'm not going to speculate, it's colder weather, it's, I don't know if it's Halloween, if it's election time, people are more, you know, all the things that our medical people tell us, Scott, that, well, you know, people are going to be more indoors now, it's going to spread more. Uh, We're dealing in an issue now where it's getting tough. We're close to Thanksgiving, and it's going to get worse, you know, probably Mm -hmm. around the country in general. I know that most colleges are shutting down their campuses as they go for Thanksgiving break. Students are going to be doing virtual learning then. Mm -hmm. And I just, I think if we don't get to some form of a more closely guarded bubble of sorts, we're going to have a hard time. Look, I mean, we're going to get the season in. It's going to be, we're going to have a playoff. They need to do it. It's money, but it's uh, right now we're dealing with, you know, looking like, um, you know, we're not going to, ha- we're not going to be able to make up an Alabama LSU game. And people have come out and said, well, wh- what about the Alabama LSU instead of the, you know, LSU Florida? Well, okay. But then that might determine the East Alabama might have the West, you know, so now you're dealing with what makeup game is more important. And then are you ready for this? I mean, we're not even thinking about this now, but trust me, this is going to be the narrative when that week comes up to December 12th when Alabama's going to be having the week off and Florida, who's going to end up representing the East is mm-hmm. going to be playing LSU. Yeah. Maybe because they need to, to secure the East title, but then they don't have the week. I mean, there's nothing about this is going to be quote unquote fair or normal. We have to accept that. And there are going to be some, disadvantages associated with this. I, you know, it's, it's just the way it is. 
and none of us have the answer to, you know, it other than I'm almost inclined to say, let's just, let's have a championship and let's just pick it up. And it's just, <laughs> let's, let's quarantine everybody for like two weeks and let's just play conference championships. Cause I mean, it's almost like Scott, we know, I, I don't mean, I don't want to be dismissive, Yeah, but you know, College football is so, you know, predict Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, and the, the leader in the clubhouse for the fourth spot is Notre Dame now. Mm. I mean, those, you know, the only thing is what if we have a situation, a COVID situation that knocks out one of these top two or three teams? That's the only thing that's going to really derail this season. I mean, it it's not great that Auburn, Mississippi State might not be able to play or make it up you know, or Vanderbilt, Missouri, whatever, but you know, a, 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 an LSU, Alabama, I mean, listen, Alabama was going to blow out LSU. It's no, no big deal. I mean, but, but if it has an impact into the rest of the season, if somebody goes down with a, with a big COVID issue, look, it's, it's going to be an issue. I mean, there's no question about it. So. You mentioned uh, Clemson in that category with the four playoff teams and Notre Dame being the leader in the clubhouse. Well, Notre Dame just beat Clemson, and those mm-hmm. two teams are obviously lined up to play each other again in the ACC title game. Yep. Uh, assuming Trevor Lawrence is back, we give Clemson the nod, uh, the yep. edge there. I would. But if Notre Dame does beat them for a second time, then Clemson is not going to be <laughs> Correct. Notre Dame, and then it opens it up for another team. Conversely, would Notre Dame have an argument, and and this is an argument for later dates, but if they lose to Clemson with a healthy Trevor Lawrence, does Notre Dame have an argument as a one-loss team having split the season series with Clemson? Yes. That's why I say Notre Dame is the leading contender for the fourth seed because I think Clemson with Trevor Lawrence will beat Notre Dame in a rematch. And again, we'll, we'll see that, as you said, if Notre Dame does beat Clemson, Two lost Clemson, you lose to Notre Dame twice, you lose the ACC title, they're out, and then it's, you know, then we can have a discussion about Texas A&M. But Notre Dame beating Clemson and then losing to Clemson and Notre Dame doesn't lose another game, they're going to trump a one-loss A&M. Yeah. Uh, because they will have a better win than A&M will have, mm-hmm. and then – the loss, assuming even if it's look, I mean, AM got blown out by Alabama. I know it was early in the year, but look at AM's schedule versus Notre Dame. Notre Dame is the best win of the year thus far against Clemson. And if they, you know, they were, and again, I know it was without Trevor Lawrence, but no, I think Notre Dame is is in the driver's seat for that fourth spot. In fact, I mean, the only issue that would prevent Notre Dame from getting in, A, one, if they lose a game, they can't lose a game, mm-hmm. but assuming they went out and they lose to Clemson in the ACC championship game. I think Clemson is in. Unless, unless, and this is not going to happen in my mind, unless Florida upset Alabama. Then you're looking at how does Notre Dame match up against Alabama? How does the Notre Dame game against Clemson look versus how does Florida beat Alabama if it's close? Then that's because Florida would be in as the SEC champion then, you know, you'd have to look at the Alabama-Notre Dame as the fourth spot. That would be the only thing that I think could derail Notre Dame. I think Notre Dame controls their fate the rest of the way and, again, do not have to beat Clemson. Um, So, yeah, no, I I think Notre Dame's – they're definitely in a better position than A&M in Florida. I I put a piece together on uh, LandryFootball.com, and I I, I entitled it – uh, the playoff contenders and their path. And I kind of go through it and look, I mean, we can sit here and have nice conversations about what it looks like with, yeah. with Cincinnati and BYU and all that. Those things are, we're talking chaos where and, and look this year, chaos can happen, but we're talking, you know, AM is going to have to lose a game before, you know, it, it, you know, it's, it's right now it's Alabama, Ohio state, Clemson, Notre Dame. And then on the outside, is AM Florida. And I would say that look, Florida, people might say, well, Florida is in a more advantageous situation because they can control their fate. Well, they can, but that it means they got to beat Alabama. Of course. AM is in the most is not in a controlling position due to this Notre Dame win over Clemson, but they have you wrote they have, 
their spot because all they got to do is just win the remainder of their games. They already they, they lost. They, they don't have to play Alabama, but yeah. you'd rather be in their spot if Clemson had beaten Notre Dame this past week. Of course, of course. Notre Dame will be ahead of uh, a of Sorry, folks. It, if you're an AM fan and you're hoping for them to get in, you're hoping again. You got, and, and let me just say this you got to hope Florida loses. So don't give me this. Florida wins the SEC title. Well, we beat Florida. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Florida beating Alabama in, for the SEC championship would get Florida in. So AM would need to have, you know, Alabama win, Ohio State, you know, and, and Clemson to win out. And then, you know, Notre Dame to lose a game to maybe like to BC this week or something to get to get AM even in the possibility. Um, you could make a case that AM and Florida are comparable to, to Notre Dame on film, but I think Notre Dame finishes ahead of, uh, of AM, no doubt. In the we'll get into that game coming up this week. But first, we got a question coming from Burns who wants to know what did we think of the Clemson defense on Saturday? It seemed like Brent Venables became way too predictable with the Blitz. Notre Dame knew exactly what was coming in the fourth quarter. Well, the biggest issue with Notre Dame with Notre Dame with the with, with Notre Dame was able to do against Clemson is the depleted guys on defense. Their linebackers uh, were a big problem. The missing linebackers they couldn't cover very well, so they they brought uh, aggressive blitz looks, and I thought that was a really good plan. Um, but you've got to be able to cover. They can't cover well at linebacker, and that was their deficiency. I, I give Notre Dame all the credit. I thought they did a good job creating some different looks for Notre Dame. And quite frankly, Notre Dame made some mistakes, but they came back. And Ian Book, after they fumbled, he fumbled late. I thought that was it. And he came back, and they got some stops. I, I, I think the difference in the game, to give Notre Dame all their credit for doing what they had to do. I think – Clemson's lack of three key defensive players, particularly on the second level of their, of their defense, was pivotal. And I thought DJ uh, played well. Yeah. But Trevor Lawrence He's in that game, Clemson wins because DJ made big plays, but he left plays on the field and he didn't do a good job of getting out some bad plays that I think Trevor Lawrence would have. So I think it's a different game with Trevor Lawrence in it. But that's why I think this could be a decisive Clemson win the next time out, assuming Clemson gets back healthy. And well, I don't want to make an assumption on anybody's health at this point. But I think that I think Clemson's quite a bit better. And I thought it was a perfect start. I still thought Clemson would win, but you know, I thought it would be close, competitive, and Scott, it I thought I thought it was a game of the year thus far. Yeah, it was pretty good. <laughs> it was pretty good to watch. Uh, a couple other games I want to point out before we get into uh, previewing this week's matchups. Uh, Michigan's broke. Um, there is oh. definitely wrong. Uh, That's a mess. Let's, we can start talking about the next coach. I don't even think it's it's even uh, uh, an issue anymore. We know that Harbaugh is not going to be there next year. Um, but it's more than just him, Chris. Uh, it's the defense. It's embarrassing. They can't stop a nosebleed. It's on. They had. Let me just say this for the audience who does not know. And maybe they weren't watching the game and didn't hear the announcers talk about it. Indiana had not beaten Michigan since 1987. That's right. 24 straight wins for Michigan. I remember that game. I remember that season. Well, and coaching in college then. Yep. Chris, they got they didn't just lose. They got embarrassed. They could not stop Indiana. And I know Penix is 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 you know a pretty decent quarterback, but yeah. they could not stop this Indiana offense. It was embarrassing to watch. I felt very, I felt really bad for Michigan fans watching that game. Well, it, look, there's no question about it. Now, there's a couple of things. Um, and look, I I I know where you're going with this. Um. And, and I, I would stop short of saying that we know for certain he ain't coming back at Michigan next year. Because l- let me just say this: Well, the uh, Jets are going to pick up the phone, so let's you know. We don't. Uh, have- well, here, 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 here's what I'm here's what here's what I'm telling you starting to come out now, and I know you may have heard some of it, but let me just share this out there. There's all there's already you. I'm sensing in the coaching world and the coaching search world is the world I live in that 
that Jim's already trying to is people trying to plant the seed mm. of an exit strategy. You're already hearing it in the media. Oh, he is he is the answer to the Bears' problems. Yeah. You know, bear guy. What do they have? Well, they, you know, we'll we'll go ahead. We'll we'll get him a coordinator. We'll do that. We need we need to come out get a bear back. That's all coming from them. Now, whether they buy into that, I you know, I don't know. And whether you still gonna have somebody that says, Yeah, yeah, I want him. He's a good fit. And you know, maybe somebody will in the NFL will will bite on that. Maybe not. I'm gonna tell you, I can't be more adamant. I know Ward Manuel, the athletic director at Michigan, very well. I recruited Ward Manuel to LSU. He was an offensive lineman out of New Orleans. They are in no way, shape, or form inside Michigan. They have no interest, zero, in making a move on Jim Harbaugh. Zero. When I tell you zero. But this is getting really ugly. Mm -hmm. And it's getting worse. And it's becoming one of those situations where it is, okay, yeah, you have no appetite for it. You have no desire to do it. You have no intentions of doing it. But last couple of games, you know, and you can't really say, well, we'll give it a, a, you know, a, a COVID mulligan like, you know, a lot of people will because this has been happening for a while. It's just the Michigan state laws now in the, and in, you it's no longer ass kickings from Ohio state. It's like, we can't beat. I mean, my God, this is Michigan state. That's a bad Michigan state team, an Indiana team. That's pretty good. Um, no, I, I think as much, and I preface it by saying that if this continues to just be really a disaster, you know, I I think there's going to be a strong movement for him to move up. And, and because he's got a year after this, and if he can parlay this into another bite at the apple with a contract in the NFL to where he can – he ain't walking away, and they don't want to fire him. But there is absolutely every bit of momentum to try to maybe move him along. And I think if he were to move along, they wouldn't say, oh, no, Jim, please don't go. I mean – no, I, I I think that is definitely in play. And I think there's enough there's enough people that are foolhardy enough to buy into you know what he had success with the Niners. And you know, they would just kind of maybe he's a better fit in the NFL. Well, let's just call it what it is. I said it before and I'll say it again. When he was with Stanford, when he was with San Francisco, he had really good staffs and he hired well. That's his job. And the main guy was Greg Roman on the offensive side. Mm-hmm. It, it both Stanford when they ran that power game and used all the tight ends stuff that Jim still wants to do, but it can't do it very well. And when he goes to San Francisco, what they did with Kaepernick, Greg Roman. Now, Greg Roman, if you don't know, is the guy with the Baltimore Ravens is yep. doing what he's doing with Lamar Jackson. Vic Fangio was a big part of running the defense in those days, and particularly in San Francisco. Vic is now the head coach with the Broncos. They just hasn't hired as well, and that's been his problem, the biggest problem that he's had at Michigan. And it is broken. You're right. It is broken. It's not going to get fixed. Um, it's just I don't think Jim can fix it. I don't think Jim knows how to fix it, and I think there's an exit strategy but I think it's coming strong from his size, it, you know, with the aid behind the scenes for the administration so that this can be like, you know, let's wash our hands with it. Um, and, you know, you, you've you mentioned it. You were one of them that's mentioned it, and a lot of people are mentioning it now, the Luke Fickle angle. You know, you felt like he'd be a good fit and all that. Um, and, look, I think Luke's a good coach, and I don't think the fact that he – an Ohio State guy eliminates him. I don't, you know, but, um, I, you know, I, I think that, you know, we'll get to that point, but, you know, Matt Campbell's 
another guy look really hard at. I think he'd be a really good fit, and I think that's one of the few jobs here. I think Ohio State is probably uh, his dream job as well, but yeah, you know, yeah. we'll see. We'll see. There's some really good can- – and that is still a great job. Um, well, I'll tell you, Chris, who's going to yeah. get, get a job, um, and that's Hugh Freeze. He has done so well at Liberty, um, and, and that, you know, an upset over Virginia Tech – uh, they were one of my darling picks this weekend, plus the 16, 17 points. Um, you know, for people that don't know, Liberty is only 90 minutes away from from Virginia Tech. The campuses are like 90 minutes away from each other. So, you know, some of the kids there feel like little brother compared to the Hokies, right? They don't get scholarship offers from Va Tech. Maybe they end up staying in state and they go to Liberty. They, they like to refer to it as the prodigal son to use oh, the, the it, Bible verses there. It is a it is a Catholic yes. no jokes here. It is no, excuse me, not Catholic. It's a it's a highly, highly religious school. And and um mm-hmm. well, Liberty's quarterback was at Auburn, at and, Auburn transferred, and transferred because lost the job out to Bo Nix, and he's not going to play there. So he goes to Liberty, and you got a good quarterback. You got a great coach, and they're doing some wonderful things. So congratulations to Liberty for the win. Chris, I don't see Hugh Freeze staying there for long. He's going to get a job offer. He is. Now, Scott, I, I don't think Scott's suggesting this, so let me mention, I do not think it would be a good fit at Michigan. No, no, no. Uh, and, 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 correct, correct, correct. I, I and Michigan, he's going to go back to the SEC, Chris. He's yeah, gonna- Mi- Mi- Michigan is a little too uppity. I can tell you where I would go, what I would do, and and it's easy to spend other people's money. I said <laughs> that on the SEC show today, this morning. If I were South Carolina, I would get that done. I, I would, you know, look, you got it's thirteen million dollars. You've got to pay out well, and and again, I it's money's not easy to come by from boosters and all that, so. Look, I can't, I can't tell you that that you got the money or you don't. But I think he's going to have his pick in a year or so. Um, I think South Carolina would be a perfect fit. I, I think South Carolina is one of the most unique jobs. I think it's the most unique job in the SEC. They do things like a big-time program. They support it at a big-time level. I mean, they have a huge fan base, yet their expectations, Scott, are realistic. They don't expect to win a conference title there. Mm-hmm. And you, you, if you win and do a good job, you just can't suck. You just can't re embarrassing. Um, they love, well, they really love Spurrier and they liked Lou Holtz. Neither one of those guys want a title there, a conference title there. Mm-hmm. I think you freeze would be great because that's still a place where you got to get more out of less. And I think that's what Hugh can do. I think you yeah. can, and, and you freeze, you know, I, Somebody asked me today, well, the, the, the um, guys going from, um, you know, the uh, the group of five level or the FCS level. Hugh uh, Freeze is an SEC coach. He was at Ole Miss. Yeah, he did a good I, mean, I did it. You know, he <laughs> had a cell phone problem and a hooker problem. And that's, that's you know, he's got to deal with that personally. Yep. You, you know, you got to and, – and I don't think the NCAA situation was as bad as people think. But you – he's – I, I've been told that if you remember, Nick Saban tried to hire him as an analyst, and yes. this was the first year out, and the SEC put the kibosh to it. He's got the green light now to be able to get back in. So I think in the in the league. So I think he's. I think he'd be a really good fit there. I know Tennessee's a year away from pulling the plug on Jeremy Pruitt, but that's probably going to have to happen. God knows what's going to happen at Auburn. I don't think Auburn is really peculiar and i don't know that while that's a better job than south carolina uh you know in terms of a more prestigious program that's that's almost like it's almost like the scotch it's it's almost like the hatfields and mccoys you gotta like if you're like from the wrong side of the block there you gotta be like it's almost like incestuous you gotta almost be like in and around the Auburn family, which is a bigger part of their problem. I don't want to get into it, but I, I think South Carolina would be a perfect fit for him. Uh, if I were South Carolina, I'd make that happen. They're probably going to get rid of Ray Tanner or, or force Ray Tanner into retirement, or he's just going to retire the former baseball coach at who's now the athletic director at South Carolina and the new president. I say new president at South Carolina. He's been there about 12 months. He's the guy that came from West Point, and he was involved in bringing Monk in and re- revitalizing the football program. So he's – I think he's into that. I 
again, I don't know if he's all that into Hugh Freeze. Mm-hmm. That's going to have the personal decision. But as a football coach, it makes a lot of sense. Um, I can't make the decision and the determination on whether they can afford to pay him out this year. There's a lot of issues going on. You know, a lot of schools, North, North Carolina now today, they're going to be $30 million deficit on the, the uh, athletic department. We're going to get a lot of that right now. So who can afford to do it? But, but Scott, if it gets to the point where it's so bad to where you can't afford not to fire the coach because mm-hmm. it's so bad, then, then that's where it becomes your hand is forced. Let's get into the games uh, this weekend. There's a couple of interesting ones. Uh, we have Miami is actually a two and a half point underdog in Blacksburg to Virginia. Uh, rain is in the forecast. I- I'm a little baffled by this by this matchup, Chris, because Virginia Tech can run the ball with, with the best in the country. They might be the best in the country running the football, but their defense is such a liability for them. Um, they can't stop anybody. If they are Swiss cheese, Liberty put up all those points against them last week. Um, we've seen them. They're, they're, they're probably best game defensively. Might have been that game against BC where they turned them over uh, four times in the first half. But, you know, Louisville puts up 35 against them. Wake Forest puts up 23 against them. North Carolina puts up 56 against them. I, I, I'm sorry, but why should they be the favorites here against Miami? I, is this disrespect to Miami? I don't know. I'm I'm very baffled by this matchup. Yeah. So I mean, in, in theory, this is probably a neutral field Miami favorite by one point. I would I would suggest that Miami's more of a three or four point favorite on a neutral field. Personally, mm-hmm. I mean, I know it's in Blacksburg, so you know there there's there's a little bit of an issue there. I'm with you. I think Miami has definitely looked like the better team. You know, Virginia Tech's, you know, problems on defense are very concerning, and I just don't see them controlling De'Ara King enough. And I've been impressed with Miami. I've been, you know, and I don't think they're great. I think they're good. And quite frankly, they're more consistent than Virginia Tech. Um, And last week's game, you know, I thought it was a dangerous game for them against Liberty going into it. You know, I thought this is you better watch it. And I, I don't think they're very patient there. They're not going to pull the plug on Justin Fuente this year in Blacksburg, but I got that one wrong because I thought Justin would do a good job and that hadn't worked there. And you talk about a place where you freeze would <laughs> Yeah. I mean this one, but but you know, I, I agree with you. This is not looking good, and I don't trust Virginia Tech here uh at home and uh with Miami getting points, um, hey, have at it. Yeah, I just think that my like you said, they're the more complete team. Um, Tierra King, I think, is going to run all over that defense. Uh, he's going to have a, a a big day. Uh, got a couple of questions coming in in relation to this weekend's um, games here. Uh, let's see. Uh, James wants to know what do you think of Pittsburgh this week against Georgia Tech? Pittsburgh's won four or five in this matchup, and Georgia Tech's losses are bad. Lost by 18, 21, 66, 28. Uh, much like Vatek, uh, Chris, Georgia Tech just they'd be better off putting tackling sleds out there on defense. Yeah, no, they're they're not very good. At, and listen, I mean, it's not a dynamic pit offense. They've had some injuries, but I like pit here. It's a very good defensive team. I think they'll be able to control the the run well enough. Um, I thought that Florida State would play Pitt a little bit better last week. I like, you know, this Pitt team is very solid. I like them better than Georgia Tech. I think they're a better team to show up, play well, be healthy. And I don't know of any overt covert issues. That's what you better be careful about if you're you're trying to figure out what's going to happen in such and such a game this weekend. Does like because it's going to rain a lot this weekend. So do you think that maybe the rain does that slow down Pittsburgh's offense? If if the game is more of a running game, does that favor Georgia Tech? I mean, this isn't the Georgia Tech of old, but uh, I just I'm just trying to give them. Uh, I, I, I think I think certainly protecting the football, turning it over, ball security is an issue. So one of the things you say, well, if you're the better team. And let's say you're a team that's that much better. Well, you you, you prefer to play on a dry field and a normal field because you're the better team. If if you're the better team and you end up turning the football over four times and you're a negative score in the turnover battle, well, then the better team could end up losing. So that that's a potential issue. So in a generic sense, you know, I think it called probably it doesn't favor one or the other, but maybe it gives the underdog a better chance of pulling the opposite. I think the biggest weather factor that affects things is the, the wind and how windy it could be in throwing the football. In this case, I don't think it's going to have a real negative effect against Pitt. 
Uh, I think Georgia Tech needs to run the football. That's what they're going to do. And I think Pitt is not going to explode on you, but I think they'll be able to move the football. I think they'll be able to work the chart passing game. I actually think if it's not real windy and you got a quarterback with big hands, I think it's real advantageous to throw the football in bad, sloppy, rainy weather. You know, uh, yeah, you, you may have some slippage of the ball, but, man, you, you have a more slippage of defenders. Yeah. You know, I, I like to run a lot of crossing routes because, you know, I get defenders slipping and I got guys wide open. Um, I, I think, that's, to me, I think it's it's a, maybe a little bit of a better chance for the underdog in bad weather because it could be a neutralizer, but I don't I don't see it determining the fact in this game. I think the thing the only thing would be is would be Virginia Tech how guys respond. You know, there's, Miami's been pretty consistent. How embarrassed is Virginia Tech? You know, losing last week. I mean, their performance. You would expect that you're going to get a pretty good performance at home by Virginia Tech, for example. Um, I think Georgia Tech's going to play hard. I mean, I think you're going to get good teams out of both techs. Yeah. You know, good, good efforts. I just don't think it's going to be good enough because I think the teams that they're playing are better than they are. Uh, what can Boston College do offensively to get to Notre Dame? Um, Notre Dame's defense before the Clemson game, they only allowed two passing touchdowns. But then again, they haven't played a winning team until they played against Clemson. Boston College, we know how that dynamic their offense is. We saw what they did to Clemson's defense, uh, throwing the ball all over the field. I throw out last week's game. You know, they, they played against Syracuse. It was a spot where they knew that they can walk away. And, you know, they can go to the Carrier Dome and with their eyes closed, walk away with a victory. Uh, I think they were focused on what they can do here against Notre Dame this week. Uh, so I throw out last week's game. I look more at what they did against Clemson to see what they can do against Notre Dame. Uh, what can Boston College do, do you think? Well, I think they can score points. I mean, I think they can move the football up and down the field. I think they'll uh, quicken the tempo. Uh, I think you're going to see a motivated quarterback in Djokovic. Oh, I think that was about to say that. This, is, this is a pride yeah. thing for him because yeah. he, he was not – He, I mean, look, Ian Book is Ian Book, but Djokovic went in there thinking that he's getting playing time. And he realizes he ain't playing at Notre Dame, so he bounces out and goes to Boston College. This is a source of pride for him. Yeah, he didn't conform quite the way that Brian Kelly wants his quarterbacks to conform, and therefore he was the odd guy out. So, yeah, there's going to be a big chip on his shoulder, quite a big of a chip on that shoulder uh, with him. So, look, I think they can score some points. I think, obviously, big game for Notre Dame last week. It's kind of normal. Uh, look, we can go back over time. We remind folks, 1993, um, Notre Dame got the big win over number one Florida State at the time. They come back the next week. They lose to Boston College, coached by Tom Coughlin. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, it's the, simmer, it's the last time Notre Dame's beaten a number one team in the country. And the next week, they play Boston College, the same thing happens again. So, I mean, you know, they'll be reminded of that. Hey, you know, hey, this happened. None of you none of you suckers were born then, but this is what happened back in 1993. You know, I'm just teasing. But, you know, it's like, hey, look, it's just, you know, all of you guys weren't around then, but let me just tell you what happened historically. And, um, look, I think BC can move the football. I think that if you get Notre Dame having to play from a chase position, you know, I think this could get a little hairy. Yeah, I think BC could make this interesting. I just don't think BC defensively matches up against Notre Dame's offensive line. And ultimately, if Notre Dame doesn't put the ball on the ground, turn it over, I think they'll eventually win it. But I think it's a focus game for Notre Dame. Focus, get it done, you take care of business. Yeah, I, the 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 total in that game was like forty nine. I think it's going to be a, a high scoring game uh, there at BC, but we'll see. Uh, one more game I want to touch on before we get into the NFL preview, Chris. Can Maryland give Ohio State fits, especially at home? You know, look at what Mike Loxley's done. Look at the way that uh, Talia Tunga Vailoa has been playing to his little brother, mm-hmm. and you know, Maryland's they, they, they can score points. They can. I think they get their comp- comeuppance this week. I think you've seen them. Obviously, uh, what a what a mess Penn State is. Um, I noticed you conveniently left off Penn State and Nebraska off the. <laughs> I guess two train wrecks. You know yeah. which one? Which one could get back on the track? Um, no, I, I I think Mike can do it. Look, I mean, you 
that first week now, I mean, it, it looked like Maryland was just, you know, dead to the, I mean, they were just left for dead. Uh, yeah. Done a good job. Think about this though. No, I answer your question. No, I don't think they'll test Ohio State more than say a first quarter test. Think about this for a second. You don't think Ohio State has a absolute layup in the Big Ten? Do you realize this game and the Indiana game are the two biggest threats on their schedule? Yeah, that's, that's unbelievable. That's unbelievable. Penn State obviously was a disaster. Michigan is a train wreck. Mm-hmm. There's nothing there. And, you know, I mean, I don't know. God bless them. Is Wisconsin, are they going to even be able to play, you know, enough games? to? No, I, I don't I don't think Maryland's going to be able to challenge. I think Wisconsin takes care of Michigan this weekend also. I know it's their first game I'm back. I'm just glad they're playing. You know, I'm just, I'm just yeah. glad they're playing. I'm just – no, yeah. I think they take care of Michigan too. I just – you know, that's the one team – that I think my point is that's the one team that I think could be competitive for a while against Ohio state. If yeah. they can play enough games and, you know, be healthy enough to be able to do it. That's, that would be my concern. Hey, before we get to the NFL, we want to thank Kev uh, Belargo for cheering us on, Chris. Uh, Absolutely. Our, one of our great uh, viewers here cheering us on. Absolutely. Appreciate you. Hey, be a subscriber here. It's free to subscribe. Join us here on the Twitch channel. We appreciate Kev. We appreciate everybody. Join us in the chat room. Um, and if you like what you do, just like with Kev, cheer us on a few bits. Uh, you'll see how it works. For example, like uh, 200 bits is equal $2. So uh, very simple. If you like what we're doing, we really, really appreciate it. Also want to tell everybody we've got a campaign going up on um, on LandryFootball.com and, and part of uh, the film room show here with American betting experts. You just go to LandryFootball.com. Um, and you, you chick, uh, click on the, the special gaming offers and see which one of the sites that uh, you're comfortable with and the states that you're uh, it's legal to bet in. Take advantage of it, and uh, you've got a $1 money line bet, um, which is really great, and you get a special offer where you can get um, basically a free rebet. You basically can get um, uh, a free bet uh, equal to 100 to $1,000. So check out all the details on the special gaming offers from American betting experts over at LandryFootball.com. Yeah, take advantage of that. Uh, Speaking of taking advantage, a lot of teams have been taking advantage of the Seattle Seahawks defense, Chris, and that's where we go for our play of the week, and it has to do with the Buffalo Bills taking care of business against the Seahawks. Uh, Let's see how they uh, converted their first touchdown of the game here, Chris. Yeah, you know, really impressed with the way Seattle was able to play this week, rebounded on both sides of the ball, mainly what they did defensively. But here offensively, we get a good look. This Seattle defense has really struggled. You see them play a lot of two-deep and three-deep coverage. They're not getting a consistent pass rush, and they're – really having a hard time holding up in coverage and giving up too many big plays, which is why there's some real concerns about how far this team can go because they've got to outscore you. And you see a real opportunity here. Guys, wide open across the middle of the field, a little post-corner look, and just you 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 don't have enough guys in coverage. You don't have enough help. Um, that's been a consistent issue with the Seahawks all year long. And, um, you know, the concern you have with this is – that if you don't outscore people, you're gonna have a bad game. It can't be all Russell Wilson, but you see guys running free, running free. Uh, you see here the safety coming over late. Um, that's just uh, not enough guys in coverage here. You see, you got two um, two linebackers with pretty good depth, um, but you see here as we snap the football here, and you're seeing a a good a um, a one by three set. We'll run it here and take another look at it. You see it straight out the slot. You don't carry him. You need to carry him a little bit further. The safety is really reading wrong here. He's on the wrong side of the defense here, and the corner out is just wide open. A pretty easy throw. Josh Allen makes good throw. And what was impressive is how well Josh Allen played, how well they were yeah. support this defense. But I think on the other side of the ball, that's what impressed me. I thought, okay can you play enough defense to go up against this Seattle offense? And they did. So, uh, boy, what a what a stretch here. But a nice play design. But this is just a busted coverage, no doubt. And um, 
real good play by Buffalo really indicates the struggles of Seattle. And how about the bills? I know we'll get into it. Bills and the dolphins in the race for the AFC. <laughs> and now you're wondering a little bit, you know, I am and looking at the grades for this week and kind of grading up the teams in the film grade and got that up on LandryFootball.com. And, you know, I don't know. It's uh, we'll see. I've got the, I've kind of moved up Buffalo a little bit. If they can stay healthy and continue to prove on defense, you know, maybe they can be a bigger factor right now as we, we head towards the second half of the season. Uh, here's a question from Kevin who wants to know uh, the Bucks. They were be the Saints Sunday night. That was ugly. Uh, a lot of work needs to be done if this team wants to contend. Your thoughts, please, Chris. What can the Bucks do to right the ship? Well, they have um, they have been playing very well until this past week. I, I did not like their game plan. Um, I thought they tried to make, get a little too cute and mix things up from their first performance last time. And I, I mean, that's embarrassing, Chris. They, I know you're down 21 nothing early, but how about you establish the run, take some pressure off Tom Brady? They set an NFL record for the lowest amount of rush attempts in a game. That especially when they handed the ball to Ronald Jones on like the first or second series, he got seven yards. And then they handed the ball to him again and he got eight yards, but it was called back to a holding penalty. Okay. So my running back is pretty much averaging seven yards a carry if you add in the one that got called back for a penalty. And I don't give it to him the rest of the game. Well, they panicked. They got behind so far, so fast that they completely abandoned the run. That was the reason. And so I think you got to be a little bit more. Two things there. One, you know, what did you do to give up explosive plays? Well, play way too much zone. And I think that just kind of – they just got eaten up big time. They didn't play it very well. They don't play zone very well. They didn't communicate it very well. And I got to tell you, having Michael Thomas on the field – Boy, does he make everybody else better. Look at all the weapons that Drew Brees. I mean, he threw like 12 guys in the first half. And it, and it was just, you know, basically, if you can't get pressure on Drew Brees, he will pick you apart in zone. You've got to be able to get good pass rush pressure, and you got to play tight coverage. If you don't do that, you're in trouble. So back to the game plan defensively. And, look, the Saints match up well because I think it's a, it's a mismatch between Sean Payton's offensive play design versus Todd Bowles' defense. I think Todd coaches very well, but he coaches in a very certain style, and I don't think he adjusts very well, and Sean Payton is one step ahead of him. On the other side of the ball, I think the Bucks panicked, and Bruce Arians panicked. They got behind too early, put it on Tom Brady, go back, get it. Big place. You're right. I mean, you know, 21 nothing. It's it's you, you're throwing now, but you can't abandon the run. You've got to be able to run it enough. No. But once they couldn't get off the field defensively, and they're down twenty-eight, and they're down, well, then at that point there was no chance to run the football. And you know what Bruce wants to do is attack downfield. Well, you, I, I think the Saints' defense had a great game plan. Boy, did they challenge! Boy, did they get good pressure on Brady. Brady was not able to step up in his throws. Pass protection was not good. Kudos to the Saints' defense. That's a big-time shutdown. But they dominated early, Scott. And when you dominate early and make an opponent like that one-dimensional, think about it. The Saints' defense didn't have to worry about the run because the Bucs weren't going to run because there was no real chance to stay with the run once you're down by four touchdowns and you get the second half. It's pretty obvious. They're not going to try to make it close or competitive. They're going to try to throw caution to the wind and try to find their way back in the game. And one of two things usually happen. You either get back in, and that's a slow per- small percentage, or you get blown out big time. And that's what happened. So I think if they played again, I think it would be a much better game. It would be a closer game. Uh, but if it's completely healthy, um, you know, I think the Saints match up pretty well with them. But I wouldn't count out the Bucs. It's a really good team. They have played good defense. I think this could be kind of a – look, how you deal with this loss is interesting. The Bucs have a tougher schedule the rest of the way. Yep. The Saints have an easier schedule. The Saints have swept the series between the two. But as I always like to say, as one of my old coaches used to tell me, you know, you go in and say, well, it was a good series, coach. He always used to say, oh, yeah, th- now what? Yeah. So the point is, is all right, like, so do the Saints take care of business or do they get lax? Because they were clearly amped up for this game and prepared for this game. Do they show up in a game the next few weeks and maybe lose a game that they shouldn't? 
Uh, yeah. And how do the Bucks respond to it? The Bucks got they got to play the Chiefs. They got they got some tough teams to play. Um, the Saints should win this division. Should we'll see how this thing play out? How their motivation and their intensity and their focus. You're looking at it right now. I think it's pretty clear who the teams to beat are in the AFC. Mm-hmm. Go ahead and pick me a favorite in the NFC. Go ahead. I dare you. I mean, you know, it's, it's probably no one, would, no one would have said the Saints last week of the Saints. No one. But now everybody says the Saints this week. Mm-hmm. You know, the Bucks. you know, not so much. Seattle with their defense. I mean, pick a team in the NFC. Who's the best team in the NFC? It's a real legitimate question because I think there's some good teams. There's no great ones. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, it's a different team every week. Yeah. Uh, let's get into week 10. It starts Thursday night with the Colts and the Titans, which is an important matchup there in that NFC, in that uh, AFC South, Chris. Yeah, no, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch this type of game. I think certainly the Colts are still in it. Uh, not played their best ball. I thought Tennessee played well. Uh, really did the best job and forced the worst-looking Bears offensive performance of the year. Uh, I think it's kind of a must-win for Indianapolis. Got to win this game. A game behind, win it on the road would be a big statement for them. Going to be tough to win on the road, though. But yeah. good, good, good Thursday night matchup. I can't trust Phillip Rivers on the road, so I'll go with the Titans. <laughs> uh, on Sunday, the Texans and the Browns. Cleveland coming back off their bye and uh, eager to get back on the field. Five and three, got to stay in the race. Right now, they'd be the eighth seed, meaning they'd be, well, depending on whether the, the NFL wants to expand another team in the playoffs, that's interesting. But you're kind of on the outside looking in. This is the type of game, if you're Cleveland, you got to win. It's at home. It's against a team that's not going to the playoffs. If you're going to stay in the playoff race with some teams like Miami, you know, in your own division, Baltimore and Pittsburgh, Indianapolis, the Raiders, must-win type of game for the Browns if they're going to stay in that playoff line. I mean, not must in that they lose, it's out. But if you don't win this type of game, I think it's going to be tough sledding. Washington at Detroit, and uh, we could see Alex Smith get the start at quarterback for Washington with that injury to Kyle Allen. Yeah, two teams going nowhere. Detroit's looked better on tape, no doubt. But do you trust Detroit? I mean, I would favor them winning this game. They look better than Washington, as I mentioned. But I don't know here in this game. But, yeah, it's a great storyline if he's uh, able to play with everything he's gone through. Uh, the Packers get the Jaguars. You know, I thought uh, Jake Luton looked pretty he deep did. the Jags he last did. week. He did. played well. Got a little film on him. Still think it's going to be tough to slow down this Packers offense. The offensive line of the pack got a little ward in uh, the film room this week. Check that out. I like the pack here, obviously. All right. How about this one? The Eagles and the Giants in what is slowly becoming possibly a game for first place in the division. Well, look, I mean, right now, it's been, it's the you know what? I'm going to tell you that tie is going to save the Eagles. They're going to win the division because of that tie. Yeah. Look, I mean, got a two game lead in the loss column. I mean, they four, four and one, if they win this, I mean, you should be able to at least win the games in your division. That's all you got to do. Yeah. All you got to do is win your teams. And so, Look, I mean, this is um, it's it's a it's a six, a nine, six nine and one division champs. Yeah, it's it's a cast of misfits, but you know, uh, look, I mean, they win this game, and I think that they will. Um, look, I mean, four four and one, all of a sudden, you know, yeah, I mean, you might be able to win, you might be able to, might be able to get to eight. Dare I say nine? You know, just win your just win your games in your division. It's just not easy. Easier said than done for this division. Uh, I love this bounce back spot for the Buccaneers um, as much as I appreciate the Panthers and what they did last week, getting up for a game against uh, the Kansas city chiefs, the, the bucks are going to respond, I think in a big way there in Carolina. You would think so. And too many weapons. And obviously, you know, having McCaffrey healthy is a difference. Don't know if we're going to have that day to day. I agree with you. Look, if you're the bucks, you got to bounce back. I think this is a statement game. You got to get back on track. I agree with you. I think they respond. The Broncos in Vegas to take on the Raiders. Um, you know, I thought Denver showed a couple of things last week. Jerry Judy, Chris, uh, his his route running is elite. Um, I was very impressed watching him on Sunday. Uh, but I like the Raiders. I think the Raiders actually have something something pretty decent going this year. They are. They they look they're they're looking like a a wild card playoff team. They really are. Um you know, I like them here, no doubt. And I do think Denver's playing hard, playing well, but they, they're just falling a little bit short here. And uh, I think the Raiders take care of business. Same thing. I, I'd say this. This is a game if you're the Raiders. 
Okay, bragging on you. You're looking good. Car's playing well. They're starting to find a rhythm. Don't screw it up and play poorly against a team that love to make, you know, make a statement, you know, absolutely make a statement by beating you. Um, you can't have a slip up here. Um, you know, I think the Raiders are, are the team here. The Chargers at the Dolphins. I just, I don't want to just hug the Chargers, uh, offer them a drink, um, you know, say that they can lay on the couch and talk it over with me. Uh, I want to grab them by the collar and shake them is what I want to do. <laughs> You, you know, you talk about teams finding ways to lose, and it just seems like every week there's a different way that the Chargers are losing these football games. They are. I mean, you know, and I you just I don't like the – I mean, I, I I think the team is good, but, boy, this is – I hate to put it this way as a coach. This is, this is maybe the worst job being done in the league this year. I mean, no, Atlanta was a disaster, too. I know that people will look at the Jets and say, huh, Adam Gage? I, I get that. This is a pretty talented team that the Chargers have. Yeah. Two and six is disgraceful. They This is really disgraceful. And I look, I'm going to tell you, Miami just looks like a better team here. And it's one of those games, again, if the Chargers win, it's kind of what I've expected the Chargers, if they put it together, they're – Absolutely more talented than Miami. I like the way this Miami team's playing. They're playing with a lot of confidence. They're playing with a lot of aggressiveness. And I'll tell you, Brian Flores is not getting enough credit for the job he's done. And yes, they stay in the AFC East race with a win at home. I think Miami does it here at home against the Chargers. I just don't trust the Chargers. Well, I'll be honest, Chris. If it wasn't for Mike Tomlin, I think Brian Flores is the AFC coach of the year. Um, and I, I don't think anybody besides Mike Tomlin is doing a better job in the AFC than what Brian Flores uh, is doing. Uh, maybe Sean McDermott in Buffalo, and that's the game where we're going to next, where Buffalo takes on the Cardinals. Um, you know, easy to have a letdown after beating a good Seattle team. This is a dangerous Arizona team, Chris. Yeah, this is a talk about the, the fun game, Meteor. I put this number one, man. All right, so as Buffalo found something, you know, get, get the defense play a little better, really good effort. You're going to have to contain a quicker, more explosive version running-wise mm -hmm. quarterback this week. So um, this Arizona team's fun, but they're also very explosive. Buffalo team is really good. It's really solid. We just talked about it. Got to stay one game ahead of Miami. Say the Chargers beat Miami, and you're able to take care of business, even though it's not a conference game. Big game for Buffalo. You're you're the you're the team now. It's your division, Buffalo. You got to go out and take care of business. This is no walk in a park, not by any stretch. Uh, this is going to be a fun game, a close game. And right now, I'm still working on it on LandryFootball.com and my breakdown. I'm not quite sure where I'm going with it yet. It's that close in my mind. Do the Seahawks bounce back against the Rams? I think they will. This is another fun game because it's a division game. I think the Seahawks are better. I think they're more explosive. I think they get some early points, um, and I just trust them a little bit more, even on the road here. The Rams have just been too inconsistent. They're a borderline you know, team that could make the playoffs. They'd be the seventh seed right now. Seattle's, I think, bounces back. This is a, uh, a letdown spot for the Saints. They welcome in a banged-up 49ers team coming off the high of that Sunday night game. They can't let it slip away by losing to a bad – not bad, but a, a severely banged-up 49ers team. Yeah, no, there's no question about it. The, the Niners are, are you know close to being toast and you know definitely out of it. I mean, I think they are with their, – they're just playing well. And, you know, this is, this is the game that kind of flipped the script last year. Uh, it was San Francisco in New Orleans, the George Kittle run where he just was blowing people up. It kind of put the Niners in and the Saints win it. It flips it. Maybe the Saints getting home field and, you know, it, it's maybe it goes a little different. It's different situation right now. The Saints would get the one seed. You're right. Uh, not the crowd, so it's not the same, but. This is a game you cannot lose if you're the Saints. It's it's a game you just got to take care of business. You're better than the Niners in their current situation. I think they win take care of business. My bold prediction of the week is that the Bengals will hand the Steelers their first loss of the season. Well, as we do this, we don't know for certain, but there's potential that Big Ben may not be able to play. He's on a COVID list. Mm -hmm. Look there's, out, folks. There's no spread. Stay, stay away from this. Stay away from this until you know for certain 
this is a really tough spot. Um, so that the whole thing depends upon that. Obviously, the Steelers are unbeaten. Uh, the Bengals are playing well. I think if Big Ben doesn't play, I think Cincinnati's got a really good shot to go on the road here. But what it, it just really depends. And again, COVID, COVID, COVID. Do your homework on COVID. That's the key there. Sunday night, you got the Ravens at the Patriots, and boy, you know, if this was last year or a couple of years ago, this would this would be a great Sunday night game. Not so much this week. No, and look, you know, you look at this Baltimore team, and you know, you want to give it respect. They're six and two. They're you know they're trailing the Steelers. You know, not going to win the division. It does not appear. Still a really good team. Can might end up winning twelve games. I mean, really good. You just watch them and you think the Ravens are not a team that can come from behind. And, you know, as it relates to the playoffs, I was doing my my film grade stuff. I kind of move. I like right now Buffalo and Tennessee better than I like Baltimore as a, as a team more balanced. Um, and it really depends upon what Buffalo team you're talking about. The team that put it together last week I think is a little bit more complete. They can throw it. They got a little bit more balance. And same thing with Tennessee. Uh, but in this game, you know, I think we saw it. The Patriots were very pleased to be able to get out with a win on Monday night against the Jets. I think Baltimore is better. I think they take care of business. New England still got a lot of problems. Um, I, I think to think Baltimore is a better team right now than New England. I, I think unless Baltimore plays poorly, I just don't see them going to roll to win at New England. I think New England's in trouble. And finally, Monday night football, the Minnesota Dalvin Cooks take on the Bears. Hey, you know, we, we kind of not joke, but kind of talked about the collapse of the Bears. I mean, it's really real now. I mean, it's they're back to five and four. Um, they would not be in the playoffs today. Um, and we're talking about a team that, you know, three weeks ago, well, they're going to make the playoffs. I mean, you know, they're kind of, they are really struggling. That was the worst offensive performance that the Bears had probably in two years last week against Tennessee. Wow. The Vikings are playing better. I think the Vikings beat them here. I think the Vikings go to four and five, and I think the Bears go to five and five. Um, and, and I think this is going to be the collapse is going to be it's the beginning of the end for Matt Nagy. And I don't know if Jim Harbaugh, if that whole thing's going to be sold and go through, but I, I think it's I think there's going to be changes there. Well, all these breakdowns and more can be found on LandryFootball.com, Chris. Absolutely. We have the complete breakdowns. Look, we recap the games, tell you how the players graded from the past week. So you get a good feel going in, and we'll break down the games, each of the games this weekend, where we tell you how the players have graded uh, to this point in the season. So you get a good feel. You get the the whys of the matchups, how we think it might take place, and looking for the keys. So Look, if it, uh, it's like having your own scouting and coaching department for less than a magazine subscription. Take advantage of it. It's less than $10 a month. It's actually less than that if you get it for a year membership. So take advantage of it today. College, pro game, film breakdowns, after the fact, before the game, we've got it all for you. And uh, you can always watch us on twitch.tv slash Chris Landry football. You can click on the videos and watch past episodes. Or if you're not watching us live and you just want to watch the show anytime you want, you go to the Twitch channel and you click on the videos. Uh, don't forget to like us and follow us, subscribe to our channel. And of course, you can subscribe to Landry Football's conference call wherever you get your podcasts from. If you just want to listen to this show in podcast form, maybe you want to listen to it on your way to work or on your way home from work in the car. Go do yourself a favor and subscribe to Landry Football's conference call. You get this show and all of the shows that we offer on the Twitch channel in podcast form. So be sure to follow Chris on Twitter at Landry Football. You can follow me at Scott on Air. And we'll be back Tuesday night, 7 o'clock Eastern time with another live edition of the football film room. Chris, I'm going to go and enjoy some action now. Do that. Got action. Got football seven days a week now. Enjoy that action. We'll talk to you next week, everybody. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.